Welcome to Unlock Your Mindset podcast with me, Steve Rawlinson. Get ready to open the door to the world of business, entrepreneurship, and the art of achieving remarkable success. We'll focus on emotional, intellectual, social, and adversity, and how each of these traits are crucial to unlocking your growth mindset. The journey to success starts here, so let's go. When I set this podcast up, Unlock Your Mindset, it was focused on not just speaking to entrepreneurs, but also people from all walks of life who have been through adversity and shown the right mindset to push through and elevate in life. So today, I'm joined by Cyrus Ramon Patterson. Cyrus is a British professional boxer, was an amateur boxer for Great Britain and Berkeley, born in Ashington, raised in Annick. He left to complete a boxing scholarship at Gateshead College, focusing solely on boxing. However, he turned to boxing as a form of self-expression, which had a huge impact on his life early on. Cyrus, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? Thank you very much. I'm uh, excited to be here. I'm excited to have you as well. So just to give the listeners a bit of an insight, how we met was uh, quite spiritual. We're both spiritual individuals. We believe in manifestation and, you know, law of attraction and whatnot. And I think the universe kind of collided us together probably about, what, nearly nearly a year ago now. Yeah, definitely. And I think w- in terms of what I found interesting about yourself, Cyrus, was where you've been in your life and where you are now boxing professionally under matchroom boxing. And I think what would be good for the listeners to understand is that journey that you've been on and how you've got to where you are today and what the future looks like. So do you want to just summarise your journey, who you are and where you've come from? Yeah, so I, I was raised in Anik. I kind of got into boxing, I think I was about 13 year old at the time, and like I say, it was a form of self-expression at the time, I was doing football, and that wasn't really ticking off the boxes, that, the fulfilment, and maybe the expressing myself and getting rid of that negative energy, I was kicked out of two schools, suspended numerous times, I was getting in trouble with the police, my mum was unwell, so my life was a little bit turbulent, and I just needed some sort of form of direction. And that's how I found boxing, really, and then turned my life around. So tell us a little bit about growing up. What was that like? And, and in terms of, like, the adversity that you were facing, if you don't mind sharing this with some of the listeners, what was life like as a youngster growing up in Anik? Uh, I've got a great family, to be honest with you, but my mum was... We lost our, our home very early on, me, my brother and my mum. So I had to move into a caravan in my grandma's garden. So us three were sharing one bed together. There was no electric, no heating. And then my mum's mental health kind of declined, started mm-hmm. declining. She got diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder and depression. Right. So she went to a hospital in Mortworth a few times. Me and my brother got split up. And then I was just, I think, like, you're quite hurt as a, like a young... Angry. Yeah, and angry as well. So I just seemed like the world was unfair. And it's kind of the story of the villain and the hero, isn't it? The, yeah. The villain says that the world hurt me, so I'm going to hurt the world back. And totally. Yeah, I think I that know. was my attitude early on. We couldn't really understand what was happening, everything around us, and that's maybe where I was getting into trouble in school and out of school. So so tell us about finding boxing then. What led you to finding that? I think one of my dad's friends was boxing at the time, right. and I think it just drew us into that sport. I think with football, you had so many other people that were like rely on as a team, and I think... like. With boxing, it was kind of reflective of all the effort that you put in, you get out of. So I think that's what drew us in. And so where was your first boxing club that you signed to? 
I was originally training with my uncle above a garage. Right. Uh, a car wash garage, I so it was like a proper rocky setting. There was like sand walls, posters nailed onto the walls. Got that uh, aggression freezing. out there, yeah? Ah, definitely I and that's where I kind of stemmed and started and then I joined another club in Newcastle. Right. So I was making the journey after school on a bus two hours up. I love after, that. And then training for hours and then back. So I was getting back in 10, 11 at night and then back to school the next day. It's so like a was, real life Rocky. It's like the yeah. real life Rocky. <laughs> so then so then you find boxing and did the Cyrus who was causing trouble and getting in trouble with the police and at school, did that calm down after you found it, boxing? It did, yeah, because... Um, I was good at it, so I kind of gave me respect, not just for everyone else, but respect for myself. It taught us how to control my emotions and stuff, and I just felt like I was doing something constructive with my life, and people were kind of treating us differently as well, mm-hmm. and maybe understanding and listening a little bit more. Yeah, School teachers were maybe listening to how my life was outside of school, which was like a, a massive thing. I remember them giving me and my brother time off in middle school, because well, I'd been up all night looking after my mom, so yeah, it's hard. Like just I can imagine that like being that, really yeah. hard. My son and daughter went through a similar thing with their uh, with their mom. Unfortunately, you know, she was she had uh, problems and addiction problems and whatnot. And you know, I always speak gracefully of it because unfortunately, she's no longer here. But seeing the pain that my son and my daughter went through, you kind of want to wrap a blanket around them and say, yeah. you know, this is life. You do face adversity, and you can either let life kick you in the nuts, or you can push on and and push yourself through it. And I think, you know, you're the uh, definition of doing something like that. So fast forward then, started boxing 13, and then at a point of representing Great Britain, how did that come about then? I was quite a long way off that, to be honest, when I started, everyone else was achieving, like the England vests and representing the company and stuff around us, and it just never really happened for me. I got the semi-finals, the finals of championships and stuff, but I never really had that breakthrough. And then it came a point, I think it was 2015, I went in the ABAs and I beat the, I think it was the Commonwealth gold medalist on the way. Right, the JB Amazing. number one. And I was like an unknown fighter and that was kind of catapulters in the in the limelight. One of the Tri-Nations took the gold medal into the hospital for my mum, had my JB trials, got on a JB and then got promoted straight onto the first team. Right. So I was going to the Olympic qualifiers. I was one fight falling short for Rio Olympics. And then just that seven years from there, like I was representing my country at the highest level. That's amazing. So. Unbelievable. And give something back to the listeners here then. So the 13-year-old Cyrus to the 16, 17-year-old that is focused, disciplined, structured, and understands what that journey is going to look like in terms of moving forward. What was your mindset around that? And did you understand the mindset that you needed to push forward? And was there something there, maybe spiritual guiding you? Or what, what was that? What I think like a, a massive part in it is the emotional regulation. I think the adversity that I was finding in boxing was nothing like the adversity that I had faced out of boxing. So... Mm-hmm. That was kind of like child's play to me, to be honest with you. Like if you lost a fight or you got injured, it was like nothing that I had been through before. So it didn't really pull us back. I just kept chipping forward, to be honest with you. And I think it's it's that mental resilience, how fast you can bounce back from the adversity. And I go into schools all the time and I talk about life as a fight at the end of the day and it's never smooth sailing. There's ups and downs for everyone in all walks of life. So you've just got to keep chipping away 
and nothing lasts forever, the good and the bad, unfortunately. So, mm. and I think uh, that it is that that saying of Rocky, isn't it? It doesn't matter how hard you can get hit; it's how hard you can get up and get up and still keep going. That's it, isn't it? and I think it resonates with so many people in all walks of life. So let's talk about more positive things then. So you push forward, you represent Great Britain, and then there has to become a pinnacle moment in your life where you meet the big guy and you get signed by <laughs> Matchroom. How did that come about and what did that feel like? To be honest, like I think it was three years from, I mean, I'd say very early on in the GB, I always knew that I was going to turn pro eventually and there was no other person that was doing it like Matchroom. They yeah. were Sky Sports. They had all the best fighters, so... And I hadn't went to the Olympics and stuff, so I, I was always a bit dubious whether I, that was going to be possible for me. Mm-hmm. So I had manifested my own kind of welcome to the team promo poster with my face on. And I love that. You so made that poster? I made yeah. it myself, yeah. Where did you hang it? No, nah, I just had it saved on my phone. I love that. Uh, I'd done Photoshop and I saved it on my phone. So like through them tough times on GB when I got injured or I didn't win the gold medal for carrying home with Silva and stuff and... I always kind of thought that this was going to be the end bit after my mm-hmm. my time with GB. So, and then it came to turning pro and all the stuff that I had done kind of accumulated and Matchroom wanted to sign us and got us an offer and I'd done the welcome to the team and met Eddie Hearn and I'd made my debut in Newcastle. It was amazing. Grand. And where was your debut fight for Newcastle? It was at the Eagles Arena. Right. Yeah. Nice. And I had done another post where I says I want to go from jumping the Metro to headline it eventually. Yep. When I was at Gateshead College, when I was doing my apprentice, I was didn't have really enough money at the time, so I was jumping the metro there and back and stuff. And then a few years later down the line, I headlined the metro radio. So That's unbelievable. And that fight, I remember when we first met, that yeah. fight was like a contender. Did it win the fight of the year? It did It was definitely a contender. It, yeah, it was contender for both fight of the year and round of the year. Unbelievable. So I've watched the fight, by the way, and nah, that is toe-to-toe, literally going at it. Yeah, I was urinating blood for three days after it. So. What does that feel like when you're in the ring and you're fighting an opponent that wants that win just as much as what you yeah. wanted? It's, it's real, do you know what I mean? Like, there's not another feeling like that and I think that's the thing with boxing like it can be absolutely amazing at times but it can be heartbreaking on the other side so my last fight I just lost my WBA title that I've won against Chris Jenkins mm-hmm. and this was my journey to winning it back and I was meant to be having my rematch in February but injuries happened and it just kind of felt like it was one bad thing after another kept happening so I'm currently on my recovery to get back into the ring and mm-hmm. hopefully win that title back. And in terms of, again, I guess this comes down to your ability to just deal with adversity, just like business leaders or other sporting professions and that mindset that you have to have and you've got to really just grab deep inside you to really yeah. say, it doesn't matter what knocks I get, as long as I'm moving forward, I'm pushing forward. Like that mindset that you have there, how do you get through something like that where you've had a, a massive high and then all of a sudden just the equivalent is a low? Yeah, it, it is. Uh, and it's how long do you want to sit in there for and like kind of not sulking it, but the only way you're going to change your circumstances is by getting back at it. And I always come back to that phrase and that quote of the fire inside us burns brighter than the fire around us. Mm-hmm. So what would you say your motivators are? Like in terms of what motivates you for get up in the morning and do what you do, why do you do what you do? I'd say there's a lot of, I don't really tend to think about it too much, but 
it's just you don't really negotiate with yourself and I think the longer you sit and like maybe it's like them times in the morning where the majority of the time you don't want it to do what you're going to do do you know what I mean and no one wants to get up in the morning and go running when it's raining no one wants to get punched in the head for a living no one wants to have to like not eat much food when you're dieting and stuff and there's more days where you don't want to do it than there is days where you do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's for pretty much for any aspect of any business when you want to, to succeed at that limit. There is going to be a lot of bad days and that's if you only walk on the sunny days, you're never going to get to where you want to go. So it's just having that time where you're not going to negotiate with yourself and that discipline of just making sure that you commit and do what you're supposed to do. Has anyone ever asked you what you why? Uh, I think there's a few reasons I want to succeed for my family and I want to have a better life than I had beforehand, yeah. do you know what I mean? So they're massively my motivations. And just sometimes when you, if you do feel like you lose your purpose, I heard, I think it was David Goggins says it the other day, he was like, if you ever feel like you've lost your purpose, always look in the mirror because that is your purpose. Your purpose was always there and your purpose has never left and the purpose is you. If that's not a big enough drive for you, then you don't really know what it is. Yeah, I, I agree. I saw a quote the other week, and uh, sometimes everyone feels like, you know, shit's just champagne and razor blades, isn't it? I was just and about to say that because I day can be, you mentioned before. One day can be amazing, and the next day it can be absolute car crash city. But I read this article the other week, and there was a thing that really resonated with me, and it said, remember where you are now and five years ago if you were where you were. Is this what you wished for? Yeah. And I, I remember reading it and just thinking, wow, if five years ago someone had said to me, in 2024, this is where you'll be, I would have snapped the fingers off and gone, wow, but you just keep putting that added pressure on yourself, don't you? So, yeah. And then I read this other article that said, wherever you want to be in another five years, the things that you do now will take action for you to get to where you want to get to in them five years. And that journey that you go on, you don't really understand that, do you? In terms of your aspirations, when... You were 13, you walked yeah. into your, your first boxing club. What were your aspirations? Did you know that, actually, this is the future that I want and this is where I, I see myself going in this? I don't think I had a, like, a ton of self-worth in the respect that I thought I was going to go on and achieve all these amazing things. Like my, You just like punching people. I, <laughs> well, my main goal was just to represent the time teams in we are. So right. as an amateur, and obviously I surpassed that by a million miles. Right. So you constantly have to keep changing the goalposts of where you want to achieve. And I think it comes to a point where as well where you're never really, you're always grateful, but you're always striving. So I think it was Echo Tolly that had mentioned, like if you're always living in the present, you can never be happy in the now. And I think that's a massive thing for successful, highly successful people where you're constantly waiting to get that next thing, that, that title or win that fight, or and you're never really in the moment and present now and that can be a massive part of like a lot of people's unhappiness and mental health do you know what I mean yeah in anything in the strive to become successful so it's just pinching yourself and bringing yourself back to the here and now and being grateful and being happy where you are but also having that that drive to keep pushing on to achieve better things I agree completely so what does the future look like for Cyrus then in terms of your your aspirations and like your goals in the next few years, where do you think you can get to in this sport? Getting back to full health, getting back to the ring and winning titles and securing financially freedom for me and my future and my family. I love that. So, When's your next big fight? Uh, hopefully in 
but before the summer, to be honest with you, it was meant to be February, but I had to take a little bit of time off for an injury. But it's getting better now, and hopefully I'll be back in the next few weeks. Great. So, a couple more final questions. If I go to Cyrus, 11 years old, you walk into a bedroom and you see yourself sitting there, you've got to give yourself a few tips and a few pointers. What things that you're going to say to yourself when you're like that, that Cyrus running around causing carnage? What are you <laughs> going to, what are you going to tell yourself? Yeah, uh, that everything's going to be all right. If it's not okay, then it's not the end. And just hold fast. Do you know what I mean? Just keep tight your hold, and everything's going to be well in the end. So I love that. I think the definition of someone who can deal with shit has to be somebody who gets punched in the face for a living, <laughs> because. You know, it might feel like that for some entrepreneurs out there who are growing businesses or other sporting professionals or anything yeah. in the walks of life. But that ability to be able to deal with what you've dealt with in your your life and take that and turn that that negative energy into a positive yeah. is unbelievable, mate. And I oh, think you. um, I think that you, you're the definition of someone who can just deal with adversity and push forward. In terms of biggest tips for listeners. Because we always like to give something, a little something back to them. What tips would you give to listeners? Don't really overwhelm yourself by thinking too much into the future because the future is never yours and the past is always gone. So the only moment that you've really got is today. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can win the, win the morning, I think that kind of sets the tone for your day. So it's what you do today that will create a future for tomorrow and the day after. So... Just focus on the day that you've got and the time that you've got on hand. Don't think too ahead of a schedule. I mean, I've got like 10, 12-week camps, and if I was to sit there and think about all the training and all the runs and all the stuff mm-hmm. that I've got coming up, it would absolutely destroy us mentally. So just focus on one day at a time and just keep chipping away. When when you're in training, what's the hardest thing that you have to go through when you're in camp? Uh, the, just, I'd say the training volume on your diet so your your resilience does drop down a bit and you start thinking negotiating thing oh, I'd love to have this morning off or this session off but you can't you've got to keep chipping away and the people that you train with as well the sparring like it's a very high end quality they're all on the same journey as you mm-hmm. and a lot of the time they're not really at their point in their camp so if they're out of camp they're fueled up they're charge their fit ready for you oh, yeah of course you're obviously not eating enough to fuel yourself for the session and it's just tough mentally do you know what i mean by the end of the week and you only have the sunday off you train three times a day six days a week and then you have the sunday off and you're still going on monday so again and it's just that process where you just yeah, you still wake up and you still keep going that's it, aye. I thought I had it bad going the bloody gym every morning and pushing through thinking I'm I'm sore off leg day and imagine going in the gym and having your head punched and then saying you've got aye. to do the same thing again tomorrow. Hats off to you, mate. Hats off to you. It is tough. Listen, Cyrus, thanks very much for coming on the show. I hope that this gives the listeners something back in terms of the ability to deal with adversity and push forward. Cyrus, I'm guessing you're always out there looking for sponsors and whatnot. If anyone wants to contact you, you're on LinkedIn. Love to uh, manifest maybe Samuel Knight on the shorts eventually. I'm telling you now that will definitely happen, mate. Let's have a conversation offline. I'm I'm, I'm game for that as well. Thank you very much for coming on the show, mate, and all the best in your next up and coming fights. Thank you very much, mate. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Thanks very much for listening to the podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to unlock your mindset.